0: Organizations are designed to get the results they are getting. No, really, it's true. And Chris ties this in part to what's happening to the collective picture of the future.
1: Well, I, I think I think the, um, the challenge in this is that everybody has a different picture of the future in their head. And essentially, everyone is hijacking the vision unintentionally until you get clear about it together.
0: What about your organization? Is someone hijacking the vision? How would you get it back on track? We'll talk about that next. This is is the Ripple Leader Podcast. The Ripple Leader Podcast, exploring powerful leadership from the inside out with your hosts, Chris Hutchinson and Josh Schuler. So in this episode of the Ripple Leader Podcast, we're, we're making a shift to the last Ripple. So we've covered Ripple 1, which is leading yourself, and Ripple 2, which is leading others. And now we're talking about leading the organization and the distinction between leading others and leading an organization and specifically there's this next principle around leading an organization and and I, I quote I find myself quoting this one often but it's that organizations are designed to get the results that they are getting
1: mm-hmm.
0: so there's actually a connection to the way that they're designed and what happens
1: uh, absolutely well it's it's sort of it's sort of uh, reverse engineering you know if you have this result then you must be doing these things because it's just whatever was there I mean there's there's some pretty uh, horrific examples of people, you know, when an accident happens, right, that's the result. And you go, well, the reason that happened is because this thing was overlooked and that communication didn't happen. And so that was actually, whether or not that was intentionally designed in, that's the design of the organization that enabled that to happen. And so when you whatever kind of result you have, I mean, there's, there's a lot of times where people are trying to work on the organization, meaning the structure, the policies, the funding, the vision, whatever, all those things that are the container in which we work, and they'll try to get the different results with the same design, the same stuff, which is, you know, doing the same thing and, and expecting something different is one of the definitions of insanity. Right. And we org- have organizational insanity. Like, we'll just work harder. We'll just do it differently. You know, it's, well, no, we actually have to do it differently and have an organization designed differently to get those different results.
0: Within this principle, you have the first practice, which, and I love this one, is using everyone's crayon in the picture. Mm-hmm. Which this, this calls back to... Kind of charting your course, where you're spe- you're going and kind of finding out what's the picture of the future for yourself. This is actually a broader picture. Yeah. How is how is this different?
1: Well, it's it's sort of if if you know Venn diagrams where there's a solution set represented by a circle or something, and then there's another solution set by a circle, and where they overlap, you know, they, there's this middle piece in the middle and that might be the sweet spot. If you imagine that everybody did that of what they want for their organization to achieve, avoid, and preserve. What they want for uh, let's say the unit or the customers what they want for themselves and they take that set of solutions the things they really think are important and we all throw those up on the wall together that spot in the middle is very clearly what we all want together and so having that is something where everybody owns that versus somebody dictating now we we have a process that does this and we have the leader go first because the leader needs to set out some parameters we don't want to have anyone unintentionally hijack the vision and the leader hopefully has a little, not a corner on the vision, but a good perspective on it. So laying out some sort of corner post and saying, how do you want the house to look? You can get very, very creative. Having that joint picture is really important. I used to I used to call this, uh, in, there's a book, the Leadership Challenge, and it says inspire a shared vision. And I'm like, that's great language. The challenge was that um, I actually had somebody who had written down a vision, spent all night doing it, came into a workshop and said, essentially, you know, well, if you idiots are smart enough, you'll realize that I have the right vision. So I'm sharing it with you. I'm inspiring a shared vision. That's not the point. The point is that if we are, if the leader rough carves something with a chainsaw and some other people come in and start working with files and, and a person walks up at the last minute and says, oh, you know what, there's a rough spot right here with a little piece of sandpaper and, and polishes it off, everybody will feel ownership of that. And that's what you want. You want shared ownership of our future so that we have the best chance to go get it.
0: When I think about this practice, I think about, as I've described it to leaders, one of the hesitations that comes up, and I think you spoke to it a little bit, but I want to drill down a little bit further, is if I go for a shared vision, I'm not really sure what kind of result I'm going to get. Like, how, how do people augment that rough-hewn vision that I send out there? Mm-hmm. I mean, is is there a danger that it get you talked about it getting hijacked? Like have you seen it get hijacked or is it always refined better? What
1: Well, I, I think I think the um, the challenge in this is that everybody has a different picture of the future in their head and essentially everyone is hijacking the vision unintentionally until you get clear about it together. So it's one of those things where Reality feels like, oh, yeah, we're all on the same page. I hear people say the same thing, but if we haven't done anything to collectively understand it and kind of work with it, and uh, if we don't have any weigh in, we're not really going to have buy in. So, for instance, there was another uh, fellow I was working with at the workshop, and we sat down, and he had a very, very clear picture of what he wanted the vision to be for the organization in terms of for the people and for him and what the roles were going to look like. And it was very clear. And I asked him to pick just the key elements to go into this workshop where we were going to share it. And he was a little worried about it, but we put it all down. Uh, we kind of talked about those. The people filled in the picture. He weighed in. Everybody weighed in. Uh, and he still reserved executive right to override. However, we were on the right track, so we got in. When we were done, it wasn't the same. It was close. It wasn't the same. And I went back to him and I said, hey, Brian, um, it's not the same. I mean, it's just close. What? How is that for you? And he goes, look, Chris, way better that people own an imperfect vision that they'll adjust as they go then a perfect vision they'd have a perfect vision that I would own And besides I'm not that good anyway it might not be perfect you know, it's just the best thing I could think of so if we own it together we can adjust and get there and that's the idea here is that you're actually dealing with everybody having a different vision already putting it down on a piece of paper or on a wall and trying to talk about it gives you the chance to then have people influence each other and understanding it so if I'm a
0: leader and I'm thinking likely I've heard this idea of I need to carve out a vision and just deliver it to other people. Right. That's con- consistent. But I, I see this idea of using other people's crayons in the box. Mm-hmm. How, how do I know as if, if I start to go down that path, how do I know I'm getting the right level of input mm-hmm. and how would I know if I wasn't getting enough?
1: Well, one of the challenges to get people to outcome-based thinking. I think that's going to be vital because I could come up and say, look, I just need this thing. I use a story... About power tools in one of these events that I did, where we said, you know, what do you want? And this guy's like, we need more power tools. Okay, so that was in his rule, in his little universe, more power tools were going to do something. But I didn't know what they were, so I was asking the question as a consultant. Okay, let's pretend you have more power tools. Where do you go from there? You know, what does that give you? And he goes, well, I can't buy work done faster. I'm like, okay, you get your work done faster. You know, kind of why does that matter, sort of thing. And you know. And after a few iterations, and he wasn't real happy that I was asking these questions, he's like, look, buddy, estimated time is always 20% under the actual time, always. Okay, so there was, a, there was a challenge in the organization that in his world, the only thing that would fix it was more power tools to go faster. But if we could share that as a vision or a condition, we could think of a lot of creative ways to get there to make sure, you know, you could say the thing they want to achieve is that estimated and actual times are the same. And that could be something you know and, and that in itself is a method to an end but let's just pretend that makes us profitable or something we're profitable because this is you can imagine all kinds of things people would do so it's not that the guy walks in and says well i need porn power tools or i'm quitting it's here's a solution uh, for a condition i see and if we can roll them up to outcomes then that's the shared vision then we can figure out how to do it do we send people the training do we get a new estimation tool do we pad all our estimates with 20 percent until we figure out what that's happening do we give them more power tools but it, it's—I yeah, think it's this interactive sharing of this that gives you the best possible solution.
0: And that's it for this episode. On our next episode, we'll peek inside the black box to make sure we know what's in there. You won't want to miss it. For more about Ripple and Ripple leadership, visit us online at RippleLeader.com. You can order your copy of Ripple and gain access to other valuable resources. If you're on Twitter, follow and interact with Chris at, at @RippleLeader. And the Ripple Leader podcast is brought to you by the great folks at the Trebuchet Group. Trebuchet Group, a group of consultants that believe their success is a byproduct of the success they help others create. And you can learn more about the work of the Trebuchet Group at trebuchetgroup.com. I want to thank you for listening. And until next time, as always, go out and make some ripples.